Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Shewerton Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. As the tech industry evolves and matures, all sorts of new opportunities are created for entrepreneurs who see where existing technologies don't meet a need or don't go far enough to deliver what customers demand. But taking a good idea and developing it into the latest app, one that actually works, and then getting customers to buy that, well, it's a challenge that kills a lot of enterprising startups before they even get off the ground. My guest today, Chris Jordan, knows a thing or two about this. He's the founder of OmniDeck, an all-in-one business platform geared toward the construction industry that consolidates all the apps a company needs to run, like its expense reports, payroll, project management, and so on, and merges them onto a single system. Chris got the idea for this platform when, after several years of selling software to construction companies and realizing all the inefficiencies of having multiple software systems, he was watching a movie about the early years of Facebook's founding and thought, if this dude can make $80 billion, I can make $1 billion. But getting the right software developer to build his platform and finding investors nearly doomed his company before it started. It didn't dampen his indomitable entrepreneurial spirit, however, and today OmniDeck has 100 clients across the globe and it's starting to take off. So Chris's goal is to reach at least 50,000 users over the next three years. Chris, it's a pleasure to have you here on Out to Lunch, and we look forward to hearing about how you're going to get to that 50,000 number. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I appreciate your time for sure. Bye. Joining me and Chris is another hard scrabble entrepreneur. His name is Demarcus Glasper, and he is vice president of CellSwipe, a homegrown app that allows its users to do a sort of hyper-local product search to find items and businesses in their own communities so that they can shop local and support the local economy. Now, the app also provides a platform that connects users with their friends so they can see what their friends are buying and selling and recommending and do the same. It's sort of a social marketplace app in the truest sense of the word. DeMarcus is a native of Baton Rouge who, when he is not trying to develop new markets for CellSwipe, is a self-published author of a poetry book about being in love. So that's a very cool combination. DeMarcus, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me, Stephanie. Well, Chris, you went to Nichols State on a golf scholarship, your dream, and then you tore up your hip at a team scramble fundraiser like on the first day of school, effectively ending your golf career before it even started. And this has sort of had parallels with this with the startup of OmniDeck, which originally was going to be called something else and then almost didn't get off the ground. What happened? Well, I think it was definitely a precursor to uh, <laughs> adversity training, right? Um, but no, I mean, it was really, you know, I spent my whole life training. It was, there was never anything else. It was always, hey, I wanted to play this professionally and, and do it. And uh, obviously, you know, golf, golf is kind of an interesting thing because it's, it's a, a collectiveness of failures, which is good shots and bad, just management of that, right? So I think that's definitely served me well uh, as far as moving um, moving down the road as far as this goes. But I think I actually didn't even think about the parallels of that, but, it, but it's true. Um, the, the thing that really caused issues with the launch of our first version is that um, there's just, it, um, there was some naiveness, I guess, to me. I'm, I'm not a trained 
technical anything. Um, I just am um, influenced by, you know, like you mentioned, the, the movie. The other one, Jobs, is a great movie, too, because they, they romanticize this idea of a tech company. And you're just like, man, like, it started in a garage, and it's <laughs> grungy, right? And it's just an idea, and then they're, they're fighting, like, you know, heck, to try to create something special. And I've always just really been attracted to that. And the trigger for me to really jump into the tech business was that quote by Steve Jobs. It's famous now that, you know, the greatest things that we have in life today we're built by people no smarter than us and uh so i think for me i I liked i was attracted to the messiness for it was just how can i go find the group to actually pull it off and and that's what i think's made omnideck special is that we've been able to pull off a really cool platform very large potential impact platform in our backyard you know that combines all of the software systems apps platforms that you would need to run a construction company basically under one under one umbrella. Yeah, we like to think of it as it's like uh, poor man's SharePoint, if you will. Uh, um, of all the successes that Microsoft has had, we think SharePoint's kind of one of these things that just never really pulled it pulled off what they were trying to do, where it was this um, web-based shared ecosystem where everybody kind of goes into a portal. I mean, you, you see in a lot of Fortune 500 companies, they have these large-scale you know, multi-million dollar build-outs of all their business forms and processes in one system. That's right. However, 99% of the market can't afford it. So what OmniDeck is, it's effectively an out-of-the-box, you know, go shop a marketplace of free workflows, you download it into the platform, and start using it in the afternoon, right? So it's effectively portals for all. Um, and and where that dream really came from was uh, something that my father used to always say. He would say, in the future, everybody has a portal. In the same way that everybody has a website today, 15 years yeah. ago, that wasn't true. In the future, everybody has a portal, and that's where you communicate, just like we communicate <laughs> with our friends on a platform. That's what OmniDeck is. It's, it's a connected portal environment for all. Very cool. Well, speaking of connective environments, DeMarcus, CellSwipe also is a connective, a social marketplace app. It actually sounds like it tries to be a couple of different things at the same time. How's that going for you? And, and what exactly does CellSwipe offer its users? Awesome. So uh, CellSwipe is going great. Basically, the, the, what CellSwipe offers to our users is we offer them a platform our consumers, our shoppers, we offer them a platform to find the locally owned and operated businesses around them. Right now, there isn't anything that really helps you buy local. We know that the sentiment is that most people want to buy local and support their community, um, buy unique items, but there's just not really a way to find that. A lot of times we default to Google or we default, which shows us the big box retailers, or we just default to the big box retailers because Mm -hmm. we already know about them. But SalesWipe gives business is a platform to be able to be discovered by um, by their local consumers. Now, is CellSwipe operating in other markets yet? No, so Baton Rouge is our test market. Um, okay, so, so this is a true startup. This is a true startup. Uh, <laughs> we, so we, like I said, the app is just gonna be launching this weekend, so um, we're interested to see just how it works here. Yeah. Uh, we figure if we can make sales swipe work here, we can make sales swipe work anywhere. So how, how will it work exactly? If I'm a user um, and I want to, I don't know, buy running shoes or something. Well, it's incredibly simple. So if you want to buy running shoes, you'd open our app and you just search running shoes. And it actually show you pictures that businesses have posted of running shoes that they carry in their store. And so you're not making a selection based on the business. You're actually making a selection based on the shoe. Okay. But once you see a shoe that you like, you can click into that shoe, see a description of that shoe, where that shoe is located, that business is operating hours, their phone number, 
you can message that business, visit that business, what businesses website, all of those different things. So And you had to get those businesses to sign up with you. I mean, you have to go out and canvas the marketplace to find out who is selling what or correct. do you only offer a partial list of oh, providers? No, you have to you literally you have to go out and you have to talk to these businesses and you know, be face to face, develop those relationships and you know, hopefully they see enough value in Sellswipe to create a profile and start posting some of their items. Mm -hmm. um, so right now we have um, just most categories. Um, okay. So we've got furniture and art and women's apparel and men's apparel. We've got LSU gear. <laughs> we've got, you know, the whole the whole gauntlet of things. So um, you should be able to find just about anything you need on Salesforce. And you all recently got hooked up with the Baton Rouge Mayor's Office. They, they right promoted you all and they're doing some business with you? Correct. So um, back in May, um, the mayor announced a Buy Baton Rouge initiative. Um, yes. And I think it's something that the area desperately needs. Um, and, you know, we were there and um, got introduced to the mayor and we told her about Sellswipe and the same day she was like, this is amazing, but you guys want a partner. And so then we got to speak at the event and um, now we're partners with the mayor on, on that Buy Baton Rouge initiative. So, um, we're, very so we're hoping that, that translates into business. It hasn't yet. It has, it to has. a degree. Okay. Um, a lot of being able to say that you're partnered with the city helps a lot of local businesses. Um, that ease of entry. Right. Um, it, it helps give you that credibility, especially when you're a startup and you're a company nobody ever heard of. Right. Like if Facebook was rolling out a new app and they were sending guys into your store, you'd be like, okay, it's Facebook. But, you know, we're just, you know, a couple of guys from Baton Rouge and, you know, trying to make something that we think will be able to make a significant impact in a lot of different local communities. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Demarcus Glasper of Sellswipe and Chris Jordan of Omnideck. Chris, how is Omnideck, for instance, different than something like SAP? Because I thought SAP, sure. what little I understand of it, it is sort of an all-in-one platform for a company or not really? Yeah, so we did not create any of our strategies. We, um, I, I love history. I love studying the, the rise of these massive companies. Like there's a there's a, um, a, a um, documentary on Netflix about the um, start of compact computers and how they, they literally they want to start a company and they, they ate at their favorite restaurant and they said, what should we do to start a company? They said, well, we like Mexican food. We'll just start a Mexican restaurant. Like it started at that level. And they were like, well, maybe we could start a tech company. <laughs> and then so they're, the, the, as massive as compact is, the only thing that they came up with was you should have that computer but with a handle on it. That was <laughs> yeah. it. So then it became portable at that point in time. And so if you think about it, what SAP did and what IBM WebSphere did and what SharePoint did is that they did a great, wonderful thing that you can pay hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of dollars to build and maintain and whatever else. But they built it exclusively up for that upper tier market. 99.5% no, of businesses, all they can do is look at it just like we look at Ferraris. Like, oh, it's wonderful. I'm sure it's fun to drive, right? So for us, we knew that we, all we had to do was put it low enough on the shelf and make it easy, fast, and pretty. Yeah. And so all of the feature sets that we do, uh, it is designed to get people to just jump on the platform. It's 99 bucks for the first five users. So literally, any mom and pop that has any form or any workflow, what they're doing is they're now jumping onto a known truism is that 
Yes, less apps is better than too many apps, right? Singular workflow is better than stuff all over the place. Yeah. And we've got a lot of really cool things that we're doing as a byproduct of that. That It makes it very difficult to sell because how do you sell a product that's anything to anyone? Because it's questions and answers, right? It's very difficult and challenging. But um, we have... Um, I guess a, a little bit of a thumbs up, and maybe our investors would probably, you, you know, I guess the, the reason that they were willing to invest in us early and, and, and invest in the capital that they've done so far was because we really weren't recreating the, the wheel. We were just mm-hmm. putting it low enough on the shelf of a proven, you know, model. But as far, I think the original question was selling it, cold calling it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's easier to sell a product that's 99 bucks than... Uh, you started well. out with the construction industry. Is this only for the construction industry? Oh, or no. can any... Mom and pop, uh, restaurant, retailer, yeah. mattress store. Yeah, literally, it's anybody. <clears throat> anybody. So we started uh, the original prototype. Uh, we literally built, we pre-sold it to 50 clients. Um, and it was just, hey, we have this idea. If we build it, would you want it? And that's how we raised the original startup capital. And <clears throat> that effectively, our customers were construction, so it kind of gave it that flair. But construction is just it's an underserved market. Mm-hmm. And, you know, although like a, you could take a general contractor could do $25 million a year. However, they're operating off of a 1%, 2% net, right? So there, there's not ma- massive budgets for anything. Sure. And also, and also there's diversity. Like there's a, a local company here that, that was partnered up with us early. They're a big company, but they have 28 different divisions or 18 different divisions within their company. Each one of them is their own profit center, has their own needs. You get, just if I do deep foundation work and concrete it doesn't they don't they're not doing the same thing so they don't care about the same information so do you buy 18 different business apps times whatever or do you say hey it's just questions and answers this decision maker needs to know about it let's just simplify it so that's really where Omnidet came from but universally wise it's any data point for any form any industry interesting now who are your customers DeMarcus and the so, ones that you've got signed up uh, do you want to know them by name? No, or? types, <laughs> general types. Um, no, uh, so general broad, types. Yeah. Um, we decided to focus on the retail industry. Uh, we know that buying local can mean a lot of things. Um, so it's obviously no slight to, you know, your local service providers or your local restaurants. But the thing is, there hasn't been an app for local retail. Um, there, there are apps that help you discover what food to buy locally. There are apps that help you find, you know, general contractors or accountants or attorneys Mm -hmm. in your area, uh, such as like Angie's List, but there isn't anything that helps you shop local. And so our clients are the small business, um, usually less than 10 employees, locally owned and operated. We don't do chains, Um, maybe local chains, but um, we don't really do any any national, uh, national chains at all. It's really more for that local, um, that local. And business. then, do they pay you a fee to be on your app? So we or, actually use, or does the, I mean, how does it work? Yeah, so we actually use a freemium model, mm-hmm. um, a combination of free and premium. So any business can can get on SaleSwipe for absolutely free. And right now, um, our service, all of our service offering is completely free right now. Uh, we will be adding some additional features um, in the coming months. Uh, such as a buy online pickup and store option, um, and then maybe thinking about partnering with um, a service that can do a last mile delivery, like an Uber or Postmates or mm-hmm. someone like that, who'd be able to do that last mile delivery. Because ultimately, what we want to do is we want to increase the convenience and efficiency of shopping local. Mm-hmm. 
for right now it's not convenient and it's not easy. Um, we know that people do want to go into stores. We know that people like that. But if we can get people to also be able to shop locally from their couch, right, right, that would be awesome as well. So uh, we're doing we're doing a lot of different things to try to make sure that we keep as many dollars in your local community as we can. And is Sellswipe integrated with Google, for instance, or do you need to have the app down? No, you do need to have the app downloaded right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's. You know, there are some pros and cons to that, obviously. We love to be uh, integrated with Google. But um, Google, ultimately, Google, Facebook, Instagram, any platform that a business can be listed on right now is a very pay-to-play, has become a very pay-to-play type space. And so now you're seeing that local businesses are getting alienated and marginalized because they don't have those dollars that that the big companies have. And so... Creating a platform that isn't a paid, that it's a more true and organic search result for local businesses actually helps, uh, I think, a free and fair marketplace. Interesting. Chris, you mentioned your investors. Who, who, who are your investors? And has it been difficult for y'all to get startup capital for these sure. adventures? Yeah, so um, our investors are wonderful. Um, they uh, have been, I, uh, let me say this, I, I'm a, I'm a roller coaster, right? <laughs> so I mean, it's a little messy. I'm a, I jump first, right? And uh, and they've been patient with, with us, but we, we've uh, I, I still view us as a as a pre-revenue. I mean, our, our prototype made money. It was it was a profit center. We licensed it, but we just couldn't scale. I mean, people were demanding it, and we, I mean, we have the really? largest we have the largest contractor in Australia building islands in the South Pacific using our system for time cards and expense wow. reports, right? I don't know what you need an expense report for there, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but th- but these are the types of demands that we were experiencing. And our is literally, when we were out to, it was like a, a boat in the middle of the ocean taking on water, and too bad, you're out there, so you got to deal with it, right? So <clears throat> they, I, I identified probably, you know, 12, 18 months ago that it, we were necessarily going to have to pivot. And Re- redo the platform to bolster it because of the demand. Um, that was not a very popular decision, um, but the investors hung with us. I mean, they they saw where the uh, where the vision was. Uh, our investors are, are my angel investor was a private uh, individual that actually came from the bluff, so div- divineness, right? Uh, and then um, our first real Series A round came from uh, the licensing provider that I licensed the product to, which was Core Associates. They're out of Florida, uh, Louisiana Fund, which is they're out of, uh, operate out of the Pennington right. Room uh, building, and then uh, Innovation Catalyst, which I think Sellswipe's got. So um, I definitely, I mean, they've been tremendous, uh, tremendously patient, I think. As it's taken you know about two years since yeah. they originally came in. Uh, and then um, I think just the guidance. I mean, I, I think Rick, Rick Babb has spent a lot of time in our office just helping mentor me through uh, what it means to now not be an LLC and a court, Delaware right. court, right? I mean, these kind of things. And, and uh, Bill Ellison, I mean, he worked on his birthday to get all of our, you know, legalese document, you know, published the website. So they've just, they've been very supportive. Um, and I think it's a testament to the idea and the offering too, that it's important. Um, but, you know, they've been great for me because I, I say this all the time, I don't know what I don't know. So I'm kind of discovering this stuff, you know, as we go. But but it sounds like you really, you're, you're scaled up. I mean, you're ready now to get to that next level. Yeah, I mean, the, we, it's always been about the product holding us back. I mean, yeah. the licensing agreement was ready to rock and roll. Uh, eight, 18 months ago and we had to literally yank the plug on it because it just, we couldn't take on any more users and wow. uh, so that was not very fun because it was very quickly that we reached that so um, the new platform is built but it's got the 
uh, the back end probably of similar to Facebook. We could have a billion users on it, and it, it wouldn't affect it. It's lightning fast. It's written in Angular, and it's on the Azure Cloud Linux load balancing server. So it is a Ferrari. Uh, it just needs to be flexed a little bit, and that's what we're excited about. But um, no, they've to their testament, they helped us get to that point. It's ready to, to rock and roll. Um, we're converting our, our current 10,000 active users to the new platform, which is they're excited about uh, from the old one. And then our plan is really to, uh, we have a scorched earth marketing um, plan that we're going to December 1 take on, and, and hopefully it'll be off and running. You know, Fantastic. And, and what about y'all, DeMarcus? Who were your early investors? Um, so Ca early innovation Catalyst? Innovation Catalyst. Um, they're our most recent investors. <coughs> our earliest investors uh, were a couple of uh, angels, uh, some bankers out of New York um, and the uh, DMV area. And so uh, they, came, they came in. They helped us uh, fund the idea to get – we bootstrapped a little bit, uh, probably about $50,000 of our own money initially, and then they came in and uh, they helped us get – the product built out and uh, innovation kind of came in and helped us get the product to market. So we're actually approaching now our true seed or Series A round. We'll be we'll, we'll be we're, we'll be raising a little bit more money to scale um, and take Salesforce into all of the markets that you know, we want Salesforce in. And and where is that? Is it is it regional at this point, or you're looking nationally? Um, no, we're obviously looking nationally. Um, it's all a function of how much uh, how much capital we raise. But you know, the goal is the thing about Salesforce is Salesforce can work everywhere. Mm -hmm. Every local government, uh, every city wants the people that live in that city to be buying locally. Um, you know, when a Walmart comes in, it does a lot more harm than good. Oftentimes. Um, you know, when a Dick Sporting, any of the big box retailers, yeah. when those big box retailers come in, they affect smaller retailers in a way that kind of makes it hard for them to compete and stay in business. And those companies also don't put as much money back into the local economy. A lot of that, a lot of those, that revenue goes back out of the state, out of the city, whereas. When, the, when you spend a dollar at, this lo, at these local businesses, just about all of that dollar stays in state. Yeah. I think it's actually three times, um, three, three times more of that dollar stays in state, uh, stays in your city versus buying from a big box retailer. And so, you know, our goal is to, you know, be in every locale. Um, obviously, that seems like pie in the sky. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's, it's true. That's yeah. what our goal is. That's what we're shooting for. Um, because we believe that Salesforce works for everyone. So what's the what's the goal? Like three to five years, sell out? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's cash a, out at eighty uh, billion. Let, like me, let me get my my investor answer on, which is like whatever's going to add the most value to the shareholders. Right? <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, I mean, for for us, we believe OmniDeck is an interesting product because it's there's OmniDeck what it is today to you as a business today, right? Today it's it, it's your expense report app or it's your timekeeping or both or whatever, right? <clears throat> what people, are, what OmniDeck was built for is that we believe we're the future Microsoft, if you will. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but <clears throat> if you think that everybody has, just like everybody has a website, right? If everybody had a portal, 
right? That's where they're, if you were gonna interact with, let's say, I'll give a construction example. Let's say I'm a construction company. If you want your payment application processed, you're gonna process it through the portal. Instead of emailing me at invoices at, right, you're gonna process it through the portal. Well, while you're in there, you're gonna see the three times that the operations guy wrote you up on the job and your safety and your previous work. You can see that in the portal. Well, our system, you can build that in three seconds with no, it's just clicking, right? So the idea of building each company kind of doing their own thing Right, whatever their relationships are with different people, but that being interconnected to a larger platform. <clears throat> that platform for us could be uses of the blockchain in the future, um, but what it's doing though is it's, it's effectively consolidating this very clean ecosystem where there's no email, it's all portal hmm. internal collaboration, right? Well, every data point, there's no such thing as wasted data. It's, I know who you are as an individual, I know what your OSHA certification histories are, I know what this vendor's uh, Angie List-esque rating is based off quality or performance or whatever else. It's all interconnected and can be, frankly, shared. And one of the neat things about you know analytics or, or AI and all, all the buzzy words in the future is that no one has enough data nor it in the proper format to do anything with it, right? Microsoft has ill-equipped people with that because I got it in a bunch of different apps and spread out all over the place. OmniDeck effectively creates that ecosystem for this singular data hub, which is effectively able to be analyzed. And I can I'll give you just a perfect assumption. You could be using OmniDeck in five years, and you're scrolling through an Instagram or Facebook-esque UI, looking at job pictures or people getting written up on whatever, and then it's literally making a recommendation to you that says, hey, tomorrow you have these tasks up. These are the three people we recommend based off previous work history that should be doing that job for tomorrow and then actually go ahead and fill the time card out and send it to those people in wow. dispatch those are the types of things that a integrated ecosystem can pull off so it's just a forms tool today it's actually we think the future of business. so much potential so it's interesting that you talk about the data um, because you know for us that's a big thing for us too um, on Salesforce, you're able to like items share items uh, save items to a vault to indicate buying preference. You're able to swipe an item left to make sure it never shows up again. So with Salesforce, you get to build this really robust consumer profile that's built in one place sure. with a bunch of different unique items that are highly, so you can create that highly targeted uh, shopping experience yeah. and that highly targeted recommendation for a business. So like imagine, Stephanie, you go into a boutique and that you found on Salesforce and you set an appointment with them, and when you walk in there, they're able to say, well, based on you know, your preferences, Salesforce told us that you have a 90% chance of liking these five items. So the wow. things that they pull off the shelf for you, they already you know. Actually, they, they already know that you're likely to be interested in. So if you hate purple, <laughs> we'll be able to say, don't pull, off, pull anything purple out for Stephanie. Um, because if you do, she'll probably leave. <laughs> That's great. So, Something um, to look forward to. Wonderful. Well, Demarcus Glassford and Chris Jordan, I'm always impressed by entrepreneurs, and particularly tech entrepreneurs who are able to discern a need and make it a reality. So it's encouraging to see such homegrown talent coming out of Baton Rouge. Good luck in your continued endeavors. We will keep track of, of what y'all are doing. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been tech entrepreneurs Chris Jordan of OmniDeck and Demarcus Glasper of Cellswipe. You can find out more about OmniDeck and Cellswipe at itsbatonrouge.la. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. 
If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsbatonrouge.la, and on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page. These photos were taken by Carrie Hosford. You can find more of Carrie's photos at carriehosford.com. You can get this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get pad- podcasts and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and by Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. 